So, what up? Booking confirmed, episode 7. That's over there. Um, Dennis and Christian are back, and we have a first for booking confirmed, which would be a guest, which we don't do guests, and so it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Except, kind of a, except in your rentals, right? That's right. It's only the it, only place you have guests. Yeah, guests are very. Um, usually make guests pay us. Very welcome. <laughs> yes, we usually you actually have to get a booking confirmed to be a guest. But today we actually have a very special guest. We've been talking about it and talking through what would be interesting content for the next episode. And our friend, Mr. Luke Miner, is here. Luke, you want to say hello? Yo, yo. To the podcasting world of the short-term rental operator. It's a niche within a niche, but I think we we're owning it pretty well. So. Luke, Luke Miner is here. Um, he does many things, and one of the things he does is on our city planning commission. When he gets mail, it's actually addressed to Commissioner Luke, which is really cool. I wish I had mail. Commissioner uh, Miner, actually. Commissioner Miner. So official. It's so official. So uh, I did leave the the uh, the chat open. So if anyone is listening and wants to. Submit any questions. We may or may not look at them, and we may or may not answer them. <laughs> You're more than welcome to, uh, to to send them in. So um, we talked. We talked a lot about working with the city, uh, how to work alongside the city uh, to maximize your portfolio and your earnings around short-term rental operating. And Christian, um, how do we get here? How, how do we get Luke on the podcast? Because we've talked about a few different people, and some people have petitioned to be on. But how do, how do we come how, how do we uh, come to getting Luke on the podcast? Well, yeah. So first, Luke is Luke is one of our best friends. Yep, that's Let's true. Put that caveat that, that, out that there. Is, that is true. Yeah. So it's always a good excuse. Yep. To, oh shucks, guys. That's true. We we put all of our kids to bed. Uh, We're is. recording this episode late. Dad's night out. Meaning right like eight thirty. Yeah. Which is like, dude, I should be asleep right now. Yep. But um, Luke Luke has the littlest kids here, so we had to get those to bed. So, and, and, you know, having a whiskey, which we always do when we record, except for that one morning we did. We did a morning we did session. One That's morning correct. We drank coffee. I felt so wrong. Yeah, it's I okay. I felt wrong. It's all right. Well, yeah, so Luke's one of our best friends, so we're happy to hang out. And, and Luke, yeah, the planning commission thing is, is obviously what we're going to touch on today, and specifically with some, some conversations that's been going on between um, the staff at the city, the city council, and the planning commission, which Luke sits on, regarding short-term rental ordinance um, and the potential changing environment here in Reading. Uh, we've mentioned this a lot on our pod that, um, you know, every city is kind of in their own stage of it. Yep. You know, some cities got into this uh, ordinance and, you know, putting in code quite early in the process. Some were, you know, really late. Reading was kind of somewhere in the middle there, and, and right now it's, um, you know, kind of gotten a bit heightened, and there's going to be some changes made. But Luke is uh, a real estate investor in and of his own. Luke, you want to just kind of share a little bit about what you do, because you do something really unique, and I think it's really fun, and it has been really awesome for our city. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks, fellas, for having me on. Certainly a pleasure uh, to be on Booking Confirmed. Boom. <laughs> um, so... Uh, my day job is uh, me and a partner have built a, a very kind of a niche within a niche business, as you said, Dennis, uh, where we take old, old kind of decrepit, um, shitty buildings and make them cool and make them new again. 
Um, sometimes, sometimes we find a bunch of cool stuff under the stuff we tear out. Sometimes we find that it really was no, just a shitty building. <laughs> it's more shit. Um, but <clears throat> find ways to put it back together, get it back on the market, rent it back out. We're typically not flippers. We like to buy and hold, which means we move a bit slower. Um, try to buy, you know, one one project a year. I'll remodel it, and um, we're right now we're about fifty percent commercial, fifty percent residential apartments. <clears throat> Have not tipped my toe into the short-term rental market, except there's a little bit of claim to fame here. Christian and I partnered on our, our first short-term rental uh, project. His, his first short-term rental project we actually did together for a couple of this years. Is so, this um, is true. And after, yeah. after that, I was out. Too <laughs> much. Middle Street. Yeah. Middle Street, you know? Which yeah. I, which you I know. get always confused with your other property on Center Street all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really yeah, Middle Street. What year was that? Was that 2014? I bought Woodhill, our primary residence, which we kind of house hacked first, Mm -hmm. and then we partnered on Middle Street. Yep. It was probably 2015. Must have been. Did you guys actually uh, zone that that house with the ADU in that back house? No. That was pre-ADUs. There was no ADUs at that point. That was actually... um, Yeah, so it was a three-two single family, and then there was like a giant kind of master suite in the back that we ended up kind of pre-ADU days, but kind of created its own ADU, put a kitchen in there. Yeah, it was cool. It had a separate bath, had a separate entrance. Then we kind of had a a long-term guest in there and then did short-term in the house, and there was like a shared laundry room in between. And so they actually shared the laundry rooms but had locks on either side. It was a a nice layout. It actually was a really killer setup. Yeah. Yeah. It still is a short-term rental today, like – Ended up selling it to another friend of ours yep. who does short-term rentals as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he's still operating it today. Yep. So, so Luke, uh, what was your, now that you're kind of on an insider when it comes to partnering with city and government, what was your experience uh, working with the city as an early investor before you were on the, the uh, planning commission? Yeah, I had, um, you know, certainly you kind of, you gotta you gotta crawl before you walk or run. So I had my very slow my first project that I actually got a permit on because I didn't even know that you had to get a permit for remodeling house when we started. Um, my first project. Which we a, didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. we definitely didn't. Yeah, we definitely did not. Um, but <clears throat> um, my first project I got a permit on took probably two months just to even figure out what I needed to apply for. Yeah. Um, but some of the interactions I had at the, down at the city were, were, were really good. People were helpful. People were kind. Um, not always, you know, lenient, but at least kind of pointed me in the right direction. Um, as we got into bigger and more complicated projects, you know, some of them, some of them we kind of went by the book and some of them we kind of went, you know, by the seat of our pants and we're just kind of hoping to fly under the radar. We did actually get... I'm red tagged one time, and I was a sitting planning commissioner. Well, to explain As, explain to everybody what kind of what, what is red tag. Red tag means that we were doing uh, construction work without a permit, um, and somebody came around and, and somebody complained, and the city sent somebody down to check it out, 
Um, I was actually on site when the inspector rolled up nice. in his white F1 Ford pickup yeah. truck. Yeah. And I saw him drive up, and I ran around the corner, ran away, because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to deal with it. But um, came back, you know, a couple hours later, uh, after he had cleared out and found a, a red tech, which means stop construction, call this number. Um, you know, a lot of scary language, like, hey, if you don't work with us, as happens in short-term rentals too. If you don't um, pull your permit, then you know, they're going to, they're going to try to shut you down and say nasty things. So, so we kind of got yelled at, um, and eventually went down to the city, took a little bit of massaging, a little bit of, you know, do the, do the dance. What do you mean by massaging? Not what you're thinking. No, I'm just curious. What does that mean? I mean, I was asking the question. Um, finding the the right person? Yeah, it just means, you know, saying the things that, Ultimately, saying the things that they wanted to hear, we were very apologetic, which we certainly were. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll never do it again, which possibly it may, it may or may not. Gray area. Yeah, gray yeah, area. May, may or may not be we'll actually true. But thing again. Yeah, <laughs> correct. On this property. So, so that, that's, that's an interesting point, too, because most people that go into city government, we talk a lot, they're rule followers. They like the book. The book, the book is their friend. It makes them feel safe, uh, and their job is to go out and enforce the, the rule of law or the code or whatever it is. Yeah, but let's be clear. Like, I, w- I wouldn't say you're in city government. Uh, no. Uh, this is not city government. No, it's not. I'm just talking about the people that are coming and doing the inspections. Oh, they're typically. Coming, coming oh, for book. sure. Oh, correct. Same for with sure. the guys do, uh, they're, they're, uh, go out there to do permitting. Uh, and approving permits. Yeah, like if you're on staff. If you're on staff. Like you are kind of one of those, typically one of those more rule followers. Well, but there is there is kind of the pro-business staff. Yeah. And then there's like the hardcore rule followers. And, and, that's and you ins- always hope and pray. Well. You get the inspector that comes out that's like the guy. Well, it's... It, I think My guy. Whether, you know? whether, whether I'm selling or buying or trying to work within the, the, the structure that is... It's trying to find compatible personalities that you have some sort of connection with, rapport, you can build rapport with, yeah. and they want to work with you, and you want to find those people. Uh, and most departments in government are, when it comes to enforcement, are, I believe, complaint-based, they have complaint-based enforcement. And, and the city of Reading is, is definitely in that complaint-based enforcement and, status. And, and most of that is because of there's not enough people yeah. to serve... The demographic of, of whatever it is they're measuring or, or policing or patrolling against. And so it's like if you burn brush in your backyard. If you even if you do have a permit from the fire department, your neighbors can still call the fire department on it and they're forced to come out. They'll still come out to your house and, and ask you questions. Uh, but it but it also is how well long do you how how well do you get along with your neighbors and how much are you doing PR to get to know the people around you to kind of create some insulation around. So, um, so you've had some experience doing short-term rentals. Why, uh, can you, can you break down why the city of Reading has a planning commission and how does it, how does it function in relationship to the planning, the the housing or planning department? Yeah. Um, so the planning, the planning commission is a citizen body that's appointed each, each commissioner, there's seven of us. We're appointed by the mayor of the city, 
And this may or may not be true in other cities. This is, you know, really just how Reading does it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's vast yeah. amount of more ways, but, um, uh, but a body of citizens that are appointed by the mayor um, and our number one goal is to make sure that the projects and the, the, the amendments to um, the code, the municipal code that we do and the projects that we approve are consistent with the general plan. General plan is basically the what I think of as the most important living document within our city. So it's going to kind of guideline how everything everything works. You know, your roadways, your waterways, your your sewer, <clears throat> traffic, neighborhoods, what um, your zoning why residences and and neighborhoods are in certain areas and why commercials in other areas and then transition zones you know with multifamily in between um so just trying to make sure that what we're doing is consistent with the general plan now short-term rentals are really interesting because back in 2001 when uh the general plan was adopted they didn't exist yeah how often is a general plan <clears throat> get proposed or get updated every 20 years every 20 years oh, so it just is like just went through it they are they are actually amending it's a two to three year process oh, so, so they're they, in it they they're in it right now is wow. that, in, is, in it right now is that 20 year term standard <clears throat> for city or do we not know i don't know okay. that's how city writing does but it for us oh interesting so in the, in the span of those 20 years are they just referencing the previous city plan and just taking requests from the public to be considered for the future? How does it work? Um, so in this case, they hired a specialized planner, which a planner is somebody like you actually go to school for city planning, you know, and to learn how I'm sure it changes dramatically from year to year as cities evolve and as things change. You know, parking is a really interesting one that we're looking at for the next 20 years, because if autonomous cars become more of a thing, then we may need a lot less parking because your car might drive home yeah. instead of stay parked there, you know, and for the whole day or, um, <clears throat> so as, or, or, or like in the, in San Francisco or LA, you know, what are they going to do with all these parking garages if parking goes away? Well, you know, now they're designing parking garages to be able to adapt to apartment style living instead of being sloped hmm. sloped floors they now make them flat floors with a, a, a driveway up so that they can be converted to something else in the future if that's needed so it's kind of the study of planners go to school for the study of how a city should run um that is constantly changing and evolving and so we hired a, a city planner so um, to go and adopt our plan. He did a ton of community feedback. He met with probably hundreds and hundreds of people in our community, looked at what other communities are that are similar to ours are doing, how they're changing, how they're... Um, another big push is is the ped and bike improvements. You know, how yeah. can we get more walkability, more bikeability? It's been awesome um, to see some of that stuff come into town. They, they definitely, it, dramatic improvements. It's something that California is really pushing, trying to reduce emissions through getting people walking and biking more versus driving. And less fat, too. 
Yeah, I don't. That's never been a stated goal of a necessarily a written down goal of theirs, but it's probably somewhere it's in there. It's a real goal. It's it's goal. somewhere in there. Image to keep up here well, in the thinking, state. I'm just and, thinking uh, like we, uh, our community is a uh, highly retired uh, retirement community too, and the burden on health the healthcare system, I'm sure, is it's back true. In there. That would be that would that would probably be a little bit more of a federal a I'm federal no thing, planner, but, but no, that's great, that's oh, great, Dennis. <laughs> no, um, shade and trees. Yeah, they're oh, working dude. on a tree ordinance right now. I love to that, trees. that would be cool. No, no palm trees ever. No, just Italians. There's nothing that pisses me off more than driving down hilltop and seeing all those palm trees, and I'm like, dude. We're not in Southern California. Uh, Put I, some pines up here. I heard. Give me an evergreen. Like, give last, me something local. Just last week, I heard that a full-grown palm tree costs like a quarter of a million dollars. I'm like, well, wow. we should sell all of them. That's a good investment. We should sell. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I there's don't. One, there's. I, I don't actually, tell my neighbor. There's one right there. I don't actually right think that's true. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that that's almost certainly not true. But it, it may have been a specialty <laughs> palm tree somewhere in California. Can you move a palm tree? You can place? actually. You can. Yeah, you could. You could dig them up with a tractor and move them. So back to they're, the city they're plan. Resilient. City plan. Yeah. So so where the city plan is is design. <clears throat> you outsource the design of it. It's something needs to get approved somehow. And when does um, when does a planning commission come in come into play? So we we get to vote or amend or adjust certain parts of the gen- the new general plan proposal, which is probably, you know, I'm fortunate to be on the planning commission right now because right now is when we're working on it. Um, it's been st- a stagnant document for the last 20 years. Now, we can make three or four, legally, we can make three or four changes to the general plan every year, but nothing dramatic. Not, typically, only small, minute changes. Short-term rental ordinances that exist in there now are one of a result of one of those small minute changes that happen um, but if you think about it from from somebody who lives breathes and eats how should cities work you know they design our neighborhoods to be uh, si- single family they, to have uh, families or you know or si- singles but Families live there. They plan on them having, you know, two, three, possibly four, but most likely not four cars mm-hmm. at every home. They plan our roads to be able to handle that much traffic. They plan our stop signs or our lights or our intersections to be able to handle, you know, X amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the density. <clears throat> it, neighborhoods are relatively dense because typically you're having people who. They live here, so they're gonna go to bed at a decent hour. They're gonna get up at a decent hour. You know, they're gonna they're gonna respect. They're gonna take care of the home they live in. They're gonna respect. They're not gonna have crazy parties that disturb their neighbors because they have to see the neighbor tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how, for a lot of history, neighborhoods have been planned. So now we introduce this idea of short-term rentals, which, in a planner's mind, a book, you know. Uh, a by-the-book person, Rules. a rule-following yeah. person, yeah. we introduced this idea that, hey, a new person going to stay in this house every night. And they're going to drive new cars, and there might be a lot of cars sometimes. Yeah. There might be no cars sometimes. The variables on the impact to, you know, not only that street, but that neighborhood and the intersections, 
the variables compound, you know, exponentially or get massively huge. And, and that's, that's really why I think there's been all this disruption is because we never planned for that. Yeah. We, you never knew it was a thing. You never knew it was a thing. So, and there's also a whole other component to that, which California has introduced, and we've talked about this a bunch on the pod, is the ADU, mm-hmm. the accessory dwelling unit, which is a play to increase density. Which California needs. Yeah, and that's anywhere mm-hmm. on any single family lot, everywhere in California. So it doesn't matter what your zoning is, <clears throat> technically from a California standpoint, you're able to do an additional residence on your property and then now with sb9 which just came out this year uh-huh. it's making that potentially up to four yeah in every single family lot so that like compounds this even way i mean that like when you talk about density you talk about cars you talk about stop totally. signs of people that's a way more significant issue we talk about than short-term rentals we about sewer, short-term sewer. rentals well short-term rentals okay. is in it really, I mean, because what they have currently in the code is like, you know, you can only have one car per bedroom, right? So right. you can create a limit there. Yep. Um, and then there's limits, obviously, noise ordinances. and Totally. Yeah, you know, one of the things that always comes up is like, you know, the party, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even think about parties anymore. And I'm, I'm operating, you know, 15 short-term rental units. And like, I don't know the last time I've ever had a party. But I mean, because you, you just very clearly, it's, it's, it's in our rules. It's you, like communicated. You, yeah, we're screening you, people. You reverse engineered a process. To do it. But, do but it, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's like one of the things that comes oh, up. But, yeah. like, it's going to be fascinating because yeah. it's a California mandate, right? Which is like how much that's going to change, like, in effect. It's, it's, it's like, dramatic. How is that even? I'm just curious. Has that kind of stuff been talked about at all with like ADUs and SB9? Like, because it's not a matter of permission at that point. It's yeah, a it's like of direction. Hey, how are, like, how are like, you, how are you going to abide this? to it? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I will say the way that the city of Reading, so the ADU, um, this was about a year and a half, two years ago when the first ADU regulation regulations came out. They came to the planning commission and we had to, even though it was mandated by the state of California, we had to choose to adopt it into our general plan. Hmm. So we take, take the guidelines that were mandated and then we're going to, you know, we legally have to, we can't refuse, but we're going to choose quote unquote to adopt it. And I, I will say that it's that's kind I, of that's a, what I like to call <laughs> volandatory. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Voluntold. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know, like, we used to have in football, we had, Volandatory workouts at 5 a.m. You don't have to show up. Yeah, I mean, but but if you don't, you're you're not going to start. So so wait, what you just (laughs) just called it a a mandatory? What what you said it was a a mandate. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like an oxymoron. You're like. Yeah. Uh, no, it is. But you choose it. You're it is. I, it is. We had to. I'm going to choose what I'm forced. We had to do. We had to choose to adopt what was mandated to to us by the state of California. I. I personally really, um, I voted to, to (laughs) go with the mandate. All right. Um, I did ask if we can refuse and the city attorney advised us that it was not advisable. Okay. Um, is the city attorney always in your meetings? Uh, yeah. Uh, an attorney is, is always there for various legal questions that come up. But, um, yeah, I think it's. You know, yeah, on, it's on always that, funny. It's always funny. I'm gonna keep interrupting. 
Keep so interrupting. Go, go, go. But yeah, like when you watch, and I watch like the city council, like online meetings, like there's always a city attorney there and they're like, and you know, they're kind of just off the cuff, like, yeah, we should do this. We should do this. And they look over, can we do that? And he's like, no. <laughs> they're like, all right, no. let me do this. You should be a camera just on the attorney the whole time. <laughs> Just see his face all those questions. Like, it's just fun. It's just a fu- it's just a <laughs> funny interaction. It's he like, does, oh, we're making all these plans, and yeah. he's like, no, you can't do that. He does a good job at <laughs> yeah. being, you know, pretty deadpan. He's 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 stoic. He's stoic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's. I think that kind of stuff is a planner's nightmare. It's really made for for hyper dense areas, like you know, hyper dense areas yeah. that that have more streamlined modes of community of transportation yeah. um and you know if if anybody's ever been to reading they know that there's gigantic amounts of open land mm-hmm. what we really are struggling with in reading is that the municipal code and the cost to build in the state of california due in a great part to the code and the taxes is just astronomical it's just mm-hmm. it's just so high to build anything so that anything that actually gets built has to be heavily subsidized by the state or doesn't get built. And therefore, you know, let's take things that are already built, like your garage, yeah. and let's make that a house. Yeah. Because it's too too expensive to build. Yeah. Um, you know, we can get a new residence for 35000 That's right. You know? Yeah. That's great. No, totally. That's that's the method. They don't they don't wanna they don't wanna they wanna keep their they wanna have their pie and eat it too, right? They wanna they don't want to change the structural problem, which is that they've made it incredibly hard to build here. And this is my my pose or my position as a planning commissioner. And this is probably because I'm a business person myself. I'm trying to do projects um, within the city is the state and the city make it hard enough on developers that I'm not going to make it any harder. If anything, what I want to do in developers, and that includes small business owners, like short-term rental operators in a large part. I don't want to make it harder. I want to make it a more streamlined process to have better operators, but I don't want to make it harder on the good operators. So that sounds like, to me, which we've talked about on the pod before, it's not, um, you know, I just went to the city just yesterday applying for short-term rental operator uh, permit for a new, new property. And the first thing I, I did, I asked them, hey, where's the application? And they said, well, let's look up your property. And because four houses away, there was another house that had a already had a permit and it was less than 300 feet away, property line to property line, they were advising me that there's a high likelihood that it would get denied just based off of there's some new recommendations coming in. Now, my first question is, well, is it really in the code? Is that law? Is that, is that, is that your opinion? Or is that uh, code? What's the difference between a code and, and an ordinance? ordinance? Um, and, and the next thing is, what does the appeal, pro- appeal process look like? And so, yeah, we're actually, this is work time right now for Ted. This is a consultation. I want, <laughs> okay. I want no questions answered. And our audience gets the benefit, right? It's a <laughs> consultation. Yeah. So, um, so is, so is that, is, you know, this idea of adding in, cause I know for a long time and we all lived here for coming up on 15 years. And when we all, when we all got here, 
there was no short-term rentals that were permitted that were legal. A lot of it had to do with that you needed to have a covered they weren't, garage. They weren't a lot. Well, in the very there beginning, was no in the very all, beginning, they weren't illegal either. They were. It just there was there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So do you, so to your question about <clears throat> is that the code uh, right now? And I did actually. I actually brought a list of the current proposals that the city council is considering or encouraging staff to consider about what new regulations to add to the to um, short-term rentals we can go through some of those if we want but uh, but right now uh, no I don't I don't actually believe that that 300 foot limitation is in the municipal code it's not um, <clears throat> yeah to my knowledge it hasn't been. It's not because there's there's streets <clears throat> which are always brought up in these meetings. Gold Street. Yeah, and you hear about it all the time. It's like the one street they talk about. Yeah. It's like that, that's 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 all we're gonna talk about. Yeah. There's like three houses. It's like it's like rental, rental, gap, rental. Okay. Like right next to each other, all on one yeah. side of the street, <clears throat> and so that's the one that's always brought up, and and so that's obviously not a rule. Yeah. Okay. At the moment, but it's 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 been considered. Yeah, and we'll definitely we'll, we'll go through some of these. But yeah, is is there a uh, yeah? Go, but the so, so it's not a rule, but also the uh, short term rental permit. When you submit a permit, it's a director level approval. So as long as it meets certain guidelines, which is the stuff you talked about about like you know on street parking, off street parking. Um, you know, the, the various guidelines that they have for short-term rentals. Um, as long as it meets those and the director at his, his or her sole direction, um, uh, gets to choose whether to deny it or not. Now, if you get denied Dennis, you know, specifically for you, which I'm not planning on getting denied, but, um, yeah, if if you get denied, there is an appeals process and I'm not, I, I haven't been through it. I haven't, learned all the dynamics about it, but there's an appeals process where you could go to, you know, basically the next level up is the board of administrative review, which I just sat on as one of the, you know, as a planning commissioner, I just sat on that board, uh, last this week, um, where you review things that are just above the director's level or appeals. That's the next level. The following level is, uh, planning commission, and then the level after that is city council. I do believe that specific, this is pretty interesting, specific short-term rental issues have made it all the way through all of those levels to city council. It's kind of like the Supreme Court. Yeah, it, it is. It's the, it's the Supreme, <laughs> it's kind of this, we're ready. We're ready. it is the Supreme Court of our Appeal town. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you want to bring if if you get rejected for your short term rental, oh, dude. we're going could all the way. Possibly, Dennis, well, we're going podcast. Well, that just could, happened. We know. You we could, know city council. You could, <laughs> great. you could bring that all the way to the city council. I could, and I think I uh, and I, I think will, you will if we have to, and you will. Which we and I will be your lawyer. I, I hope, which I hope we don't have to. <laughs> city of Reading, but uh, if we need to go to battle, we it's will. It's going to have to be before eight o'clock, obviously. Yes, that's Sorry. true. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm working through right now. Uh, it's interesting though. Every time I go, the low not say low key, uh, the people that work in the city that are at the front the front office that are talking to us, the the, the public, 
it's interesting, their demeanor is almost like discouraging. Um, like, yeah, it's probably not going to work. Yeah, it's probably like not, you know, it's probably, they're, they're bringing up the objections, which I think is more of a personality thing, kind of like, you know, salespeople versus engineers, like one's problem focused and one of them solutions focused. And so when, when I'm talking to them, I'm like, why are you only telling me why this isn't going to work? Why aren't you telling me how it can work and what I need to do? Uh, because I, I, I don't know, like the more work for them, the more corner cases for them, the harder their job becomes, right? Yeah. And so I kind of felt that I'm like, okay, I obviously, you know, there's, there's a there's a rule in sales that you know don't uh, don't take an don't take a no from someone that can't give you a yes, which means talk to the appropriate level of power that can actually do something about it. And if yeah. you're not stop talking to them as soon as possible and find out a way to go above them, right? Um, so it was interesting that his demeanor was much, not pessimistic, but it was definitely not encouraging um, based off of what he was, was saying. But he was also assuming that this rule was going to go into effect and that you definitely are not going to get approved. That's how he posed it. When I talk to you, you're like, actually, that's not, that's not code. I talk to you and I'm like, no, that's actually not code. But when you said it's being socialized, who is telling the director to consider this list? Is it the housing? Is it the, is it the planning committee that's making the suggestions to the city officials to socialize <laughs> it amongst themselves to start thinking about how they would handle it? Like how? So no, no and, it, and it originally started with some complaints. I think there's a very prominent radio broadcaster in our community that had a short-term rental that was right next to him. Probably not a great operator like Mr. Mr. Christian Stephen Taylor here, um, <clears throat> but you know, so so he kind of used his platform to complain, and which, which is and, such which is such a bummer when that happens. You know, like <clears throat> I saw in the city council meeting, there was a couple people, to the city council members who had the same thing, and they're basically just making all of their recommendations from their own experience. Mm -hmm. Which is just yeah. one thing. Yeah. An entire city of a hundred thousand people. You're talking about progress. You're talking about path to progress here. For it's our whole just city. it's just really unfortunate when, when people can just get so internally focused yeah. and not be able to take a step back. Yep. And like look at it from a larger perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It the the NIMBY not in my backyard thing is yeah, a really is a is a really big thing these days. I actually have my neighbor next door neighbor actually across the street, but next door neighbor is applying for a short term rental permit, um, and it is a little bit of a thing in our house. We're like, you know, what's going to happen? It's a very nice house. It's a big house. It's got lots of parking. It could be the ideal party house, um, but you know, we're 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 curious to see how that rolls out. But ultimately, in my view on this stuff. It's a part of life, you know. You can't, you can't totally stop it. So, I, I, my frame as a planning commissioner, trying to get out of my, you know, personal situations, is how can we deliver as a city? How can we, you know, and consistent with the general plan, but how can we deliver the best customer service to the people in our neighborhoods, considering that this is going to happen? We can't stop it. Um, I mean, and, you could stop it. Well, yes. Yeah, so the city could you, outlaw it in neighborhoods, <clears throat> all residential neighborhoods, right? Theoretically. It, theoretically, theoretically, they could. I think it would still happen. 
um, it would still happen in an unregulated way and in a way that that we would not be able to manage. And 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 that brings me to my second point is it, you know Reading is a growing, vibrant community that a lot of people travel to. It's yeah. a it's kind of a base camp for a lot of incredible things in this area. So you know how can we also put the best parts of our community on display for those? Yeah. You know, how can we complement those two things to give the best experience for our communities yep. and give the best experience for people living? Um, so I kind of look through when I when I look through my frame on these regulations is, is this going to help or hurt that? Yeah. You know, is this going to help or hurt giving the best experience to people in our community and the people who are traveling? Do we want to read a couple of yeah, these? Yeah, let's, let's jump into some of the things that they're recommending, and then it, I'd love to hear you know some of your perspective on just like how do you feel about these things. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of hit them uh, one by one. So uh, one of them, and this is the one that that Dennis, you kind of so these, t- these are. Let's just let's just frame this real quick. These are recommendations. Oh yeah. From go ahead. So these are recommendations from the city council to staff, planning staff, on how we should regulate them. Are you considered planning staff? <clears throat> no, okay. I'm not considered planning staff. Once staff has landed on rules and regs that they think reflect what the city council has directed, they bring those rules and regs back to, excuse me, the planning commission. We're gonna, we're gonna cut it up. There'll be a lot of strong opinions at that meeting. Um, but we'll we'll comment on them and either send them back to staff for rework or send them up to to city council and ultimately the city council can choose to accept or reject staff recommendations, accept or reject planning commission recommendations, um, but they and they're the ultimate guideline. Um, interestingly enough, Dennis, you mentioned there was just an election. The planning the City Council who directed this, uh, these, who gave this direction is actually going to be dramatically different from the City Council that's going to be seated in three weeks. So are these, what, what happens to, these still go forward? So the, yes, yeah, staff is, staff is, can continue operating under their last directive on this, even though the next City Council might think it's totally, might think totally different. Okay. But they're gonna they're gonna try to take these specific things and put them into the code, mm-hmm. implement them into code. Possibly not all of them, but they're gonna see how they can work them. So again, um, so Dennis, and these are just it's kind of a bullet point type of thing. But Dennis, you mentioned they're gonna try to include include limiting density to a three to five hundred foot radius and requiring a distance of a thousand feet between rentals on the same street. So that's what you kind of ran into, is three to three to five hundred foot radius. I, I mean, so if I look at that one, be interesting to hear your guys' thoughts. But a thousand feet is a pretty pretty good distance. Is pretty is uh, really far. Yeah, I I uh, I think I have a great <coughs> argument because I'm a corner lot and there's a public park on on the other side of mine, and I'm on a separate street than the other one. And so my, my arguments are going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a peninsula island out here. Um, yes, technically, I have a big yard, but uh, you know, there's more than 300 feet. I'm on a different street. And technically, 
there's a thousand square feet and because there's a park right next to it, right? So I think I, I think I'm going to get around it. I'm all I'm scheming right now. You, you got you got you got to buy the book, people. But you know, I do think a distance. I I do think we should get away from having every you know short term rentals be every house, every other house. So I think some some distance requirements. Okay, so so I just just looked this up. So a thousand feet is point two miles, right? So we are here. We're recording at the Springer's house. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks for hosting us. Yeah. So we're here at Ryan's house. I'm showing you guys on the map, yep. right? The Hewitt's house is 0.2 miles away, 1,000 mm. feet. Okay. That is 1,000 feet from here. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, <coughs> 9 houses around a corner. That's a ton, dude. That's, that's Snake another corner. Yeah. Like, you couldn't see this you property. Until you walked 0.16 miles. That just tells you. That just tells you how big of a rager was going on <laughs> to get that distance yeah. pulled in. That I mean, is a I, massive distance. You're gonna only have like in Sunset Terrace. You'd only have a handful. Yeah. Yeah. Four, maybe like, four I think, or five. Like Ryan. Like like uh, there's a friend near us that's that's okay. getting one right now. Maybe. What do we think. Like I don't think based off my house. He would be able to have one. He would one. be able to get one. Yeah. Well, and that's you a thousand. I don't have a, a short term. I have a hosted home there. That's a thousand feet on the same street. Three okay. to five hundred foot radius. If you're on a separate street. Yeah, correct, correct. So there's different. So let, let's keep let's keep moving because there are some other things that, you know, I think I think that a distance thing is a good idea. This might be overkill, but based on some of the other regulations. You know, it it may it may be unnecessary. You know, the the issue may solve itself out um, in other ways. Uh, they want to increase the notification time for notice of application to fifteen days, and the time to appeal to fifteen days. Yeah, I don't think I that's I, I don't think it's a big deal. Give people more time to comment. Give the public more time to kind of come to grips with what they're saying. That's that seems fine. Um, Include in the owner criteria that the owner must be a resident of Shasta County. Hmm. Uh, this one's a little weird, though. So, so this one, this one, I think Christian and I might have a little bit different opinion. But so when I think about my frame of like what's going to give the people in the neighborhood the best experience and what's going to give the people visiting our community the best experience, I think the number one biggest thing there is is it a good operator or not, and. Uh, the reality is, if we limit our number of operators to people who only live in Shasta County, we're going to exclude, you know, not every great operator. You know, thank God for Christian, but but we're going to exclude huge majority of the operators in our, you know, that are, you know, maybe building a book of business and they're grabbing a few and few select towns. They live out of the area, but they're going to run a great business. So, to me, I I don't like that one because it's going to Reduce it has the great possibility of reducing the quality of operators in our town. I yeah, I mean, I I think I'd like to see more data on that. Like, and I don't know what what the city has or what they're even basing that on, really. Um, what's like, the, what's the upside though? I feel like I think what it is when I I listened to this and the guy that recommended it on the city council um, was it? I think it was Misano. I don't know. I don't know. He he was basically saying. 
let if if we're gonna make the, if we're gonna allow this business, let's keep the money in Shasta County. Oh, it's a, oh, okay, got it. It's a rep, it's a revenue. Yeah, so it's like I mean, so so regardless, like there's a TOT tax, uh-huh. right? So uh-huh. the city's gonna get paid their money, regardless. Yeah, but. It's eventually saying, if we're going to have this, let's limit it to people here so that the people who are actually making money on our city are people who live here and are people from somewhere Are there any other businesses in the city that are run like that? No. no. Any, any Like, know. hey, if you, if you want to own this house, do you got to live here? No. Do you want, if you want to run a car wash, do you got to live here? No. That's stupid. If you want to do this apartment complex... You gotta live here. No, that's dumb. So when I when I say I want to see more data, is I would want to see like is there legitimate data that shows bit operators from outside the area are running shoddy shows, shoddy operations. Yeah. That maybe they just don't care as much. They're like, hey, this isn't my city. But we've like, always had we've always always whether it's apartment buildings or short term rentals, like you're always gonna have shoddy. Uh, True, yeah, and there is there is slum lords and there is that. I mean, we get a lot of apartment buildings, and in, in, you know, I've tried to buy stuff from people up in the air, up here in this area that are from you know L.A. Bay Area owners yeah. that are you know slum lording it yeah. and just don't care. Yeah, and they still get to own it until they don't. You know, there is a process to essentially you know put that property in receivership and take yeah, it yeah. back. Yeah, but. This is a unique permit, which is already being contested. Yeah. So it's just another <laughs> issue. And so I, I think, I mean, ultimately what it is, is, you know, having good operators, you know, having a certain standard that's expected. And there is some other things that come up in there, which talks about, you have to have somebody local, which most, which most jurisdictions have this code now with short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. So even if like, if I have something up in Mount Shasta, I have to have somebody within... <laughs> I think it's like a 15 or 20 minute drive yeah. that can respond mm-hmm. yeah. to issues that come up that I have like on my permit. And I think that's, I think that is that's entirely different. Co-host. I think, yeah, a local representative, yeah. a handyman that is your point of contact to make sure things are going well or you know something, but that's entirely different than the owner has got to live here. Which I think to your point, and there's another point on here that comes up about the amount of units someone can have, but that's where, like, touch on that and then we can discuss that. Yeah, um, I'm going to, I'm going to skip through a couple of these that I don't think are, um, one of them says maximum five bedroom home, five bedroom home, Uh, we don't have almost any homes that are more than five bedrooms. I mean, there is a few, but it's, you know, kind of a uh, include that the site manager maintain a log of all license plate, including the make and model of each guest vehicle. I just want to know the viability of that. Like, how do you go about that? Like, right. I mean, essentially, Airbnb would have to put that on their, yeah, yeah. like, check-in information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, otherwise, it's like, that's, that's, that's not possible. I also don't see what the payoff is. Like, is that... It's an enforcement. Is, is it, it's, a, it's, a li- it's a liability enforcement. Is there, is, there a, is there actually going to be a big payoff from like having the license plate no, recorded? No, not at all. I don't. You, know, I you don't. should punish the operator, and that's where we don't... There's not a good rating <clears> system besides complaints. Like, there's no opposite of the complaints, right? There's no there's no people coming up and be like, yeah, I didn't know, Christian. Christian, you've been running this thing out for five years? I didn't even know. There's, there's no one giving the alternate the uh, side of the story because... If it's being run right, your neighbors aren't, don't care. They don't care at all. 
Um, so I, I, I'm going to jump into one here that uh, I do kind of like. I don't know if this is the exact number, but I kind of like this idea of capping the total number of short-term vacation rentals at 400 units. I think we're at two, in the 200s on permitted short-term rent, short-term vacation rental units. How many unpermitted do we have right now? Oh, I don't know. At least 50% more, more than the permitted. So 100, 150 unpermitted probably. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even 200. Yeah, I'm not opposed to a cap. I think with that, I think that 400 number is 2%. It's about... Yeah. yeah, it was an estimate of two percent ish. They don't know the exact yeah. inventory our city has, so two percent of total single family housing oh, okay. units. And that that seems like a that seems like a lot. That this seems actually generous. Yeah, it's probably. Give. I mean, it's definitely more than we need <clears throat> at the moment. So, I mean, currently, I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about this. Like, there's, you know, there's a supply and demand like yeah. natural progression that will take place and sort this thing out on its own yeah like the market will sort it out without a cap i'm not opposed to a cap but i think already we're at a point right now in reading where a number of people overbought yeah Mm. to get into the short-term rental space and so their cost basis was too high Yeah, yeah and they were just individual you know mom and pops who were like oh i heard you can make a lot of money doing this yeah let's do it and then occupancy goes down, rates go down, yeah. you know, they have some bad experiences and they're like, hey, I'm doing all this work. This isn't as good as I thought it was. I'm not making as much money as I thought I would. Like, I'm going to either sell it it's gonna, or turn it back into a long-term yeah, it's, rental. It's going to turn back into long-term stock. Yeah. And, and so, like, that's going to happen naturally. I do think the 4% is generous as a lever because as we continue to build up our infrastructure as a city and, and homes go up, that could be increase and decrease. I think it's a safe... Well, well they, it's not they, a 2%. Said, this is actually... 400. Oh, 400 total. 400 which specifically. Which is 2%? Well, it's, around it's 2% roughly 2% of, right now. Of the total housing stock. All right. Cool. Which maybe that number would be adjusted over time, but... I like but, it. But to your point, Luke, it's like, you know, what other business has a cap? Is there a cap on the amount of car washes you can build? Mm-hmm. Is there a cap amount on the gas station you build? No, it's just a natural cap yeah, yeah. that takes place. Like, the market sets a cap. Yeah. Well, they, there are... there. So, there are caps on other businesses that are, um, that are like, based on specific zonings. Like, you can't put a gas station on every lot. You know, you can't put... Yeah, yes. If it's zoned. But <clears throat> because this is not designated to specific areas, it's you know, in residential, single family residential anywhere. Um, you know, I think, I think finding different kind of ways to reduce it is not a bad thing and getting some overall, some overall numbers is not a bad thing. Um, in this specific case, I did want, I did want to bring up the Shasta County thing though. Uh, one more time is what if somebody moves out of the area? Then then you got to sell. You you know you're a great operator. You have a good business. You are doing you're doing really good. You have a great reputation. Now do you have to sell? I mean that again. I think I I think we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot by eliminating people who are possibly going to be our best operators. Um, and that brings me to one more. I uh, added that one person. So they want it added that one person shall not have a financial interest in more than two vacation rentals. Uh, this, I think, is the kind of like the 
the the the ultra stupid one. Yeah. Um, because it, there's nothing more specifically that you could say that would mean your best operators can only do two, and your worst operators still get to do two. You know, it's like would we be we would be better served as a community. Our neighborhoods would be better served. If we have killer operators operating 20 rentals, but they're a great operator and our guests would be better served if we have, you know, an operator serving 20. And and the interface would be so much smoother as well. Incredibly smooth. And there is, I mean, there is, I mean, I, I'm a, you know, an owner operator, so I, you know, I don't have an endless number, but I know a few property managers. That are short-term rental property managers professionally. That's their job. They're not yep. owners. And they've got a team. They've got cleaners. They've got staff. Like, they do a ripping job. And they've, you know, they're running 40, 50 of these, you know, here in town. But if, if it's that one person that's going and interfacing with staff, yeah. you know, over and over and over again. It's far you know, more efficient. Way more efficient. <clears throat> So you said that there's a few there's a few on that list that you like. There's a few on the, there's a couple on this you definitely don't like. I want to know about the voting. So this is brought to you the voting of that, and I also want to know if I could put forth a submission to be like, hey, I want I want the city to come up with a framework to rate operators, not just based off complaints, but can you create a structure to where like um, you know. An owner operate instead of limiting it from, hey, three hundred feet or a number. It's just like, why don't we just get better? Is there a way to just generate better operators? Can we well, reward those who are doing good and 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 weed out the ones who are doing bad? Dennis, on I can't remember if it's December thirteenth or December fifteenth, we're going to be considering this, and planning commission is open to the public. You should come down and make a comment. This exact thing? Three, yeah, you get three minutes to who say what... Me, who beat me to this? Who beat me to this <laughs> recommendation? No, I mean, no, 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 no. Nobody has yet. You oh. need to come down okay, at, when, at our regularly scheduled meeting on December 13th or 15th and, and make that comment because yeah. it would be a great thing for us to consider. Can we live stream it for the podcast? <clears throat> Fine by me. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't. I don't. Commissioner Miners. I don't. I don't represent. I don't, and he I said we could drink our whiskey. That's right. I don't. I did not represent staff, nor does should this be considered legal. Or, you know any of that stuff. But we'll put a lapel on you, a secret mic. No. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. I yeah. That's that's my thought. Is just like that's the next question I would have as a citizen. Is hey. I'm an idea guy, and I think that I have a lot of crazy bad ideas, but I have a lot of really good ideas. How does one, just as an owner-operator in your city, go about getting that voice heard? You know, is it, is it obviously showing up the planning committee meetings as the first step for someone to put it to make their voice be heard in this process? Yeah, I mean, you could, like, when I was watching the city council meetings, like, there was people getting up during, what's it called? During public comment. Public comment time. Yeah. And they had their three minutes, and they got to say whatever they wanted. Any, Really, anything you want. Anything. And there were some anything. really I'll ridiculous my, things I'll, being said. I'll, I'm I'll like... I'll bring my guitar. Wow. You could do that. That's fine. You could do that. <laughs> I, I, have, I won't permit <laughs> the addresses. I have, done, I, have done, I have done public comment before myself, so... Okay. Um, I, I mean... I would recommend it. I would also say that if you stay to the end, staff's all there, so then you get to you could actually you know 
specifically talk to the people like Dennis you were talking about who are actually the decision makers that people could tell you yes. Yeah. May, they may tell you no, but they could possibly tell you yes. <clears throat> are, you know, those are the people that are kind of in the room there um, at that type of meeting. Especially at the short-term rental one, which should be a lively one. Okay. Um, what date is that? It's either December 13th or 15th. I could, whichever is a Tuesday. All right. Um, I'll be there. But, uh, so, so what's likely to happen when this, when this comes to, it looks like it's the 13th. Oh, 13th? Um, when this comes to planning commission is, I already know based on, uh, here, you know, hearsay in some conversations that this this is definitely a hot topic. One of the one of the hotter topics that has come before planning commission, although some of the most complicated issues that have come before planning commission are short term rentals that are you know they're the kind operator. of suck, sucky operators, yep. and um, we have one time yanked somebody's permit because they were really doing a crummy job. This was the slumlord that had like the outhouses and the this seven oh, yeah, seven washer machines in the garage. And so so talk talks about they're running a show. So you have so you have, running. You have whole meetings that are dominated by short term rental operation. Yeah, I mean it could. I, mean, take, I thought that guy was super creative. Well, I yeah, was impressed. All the neighbors, all the neighbors show up and they all want to talk for three minutes, and then there's this debate. And for me, it's a really conflicting place because generally or as a rule i'm pro business yeah as a rule i'm pro you know hey let's not make it any harder on these guys to run a small business yeah yeah entrepreneurs right but in this case where somebody is you know consistently and systematically um you know kind of disrespecting the neighborhood not following the rules and regs in the city you know doing this it's like, well, you know, then it kind of comes the burden of, you know, we denied his his short-term rental permit for a year, which mm-hmm. I actually thought was kind of generous because he gets a chance to reapply for it in yeah. a year. Um, but he has to have a, a, you know, sucky ROI for, you know, a normal person ROI for a while. He's going to hold it, yeah. <clears throat> um, but no, it's it's... It's likely that maybe this, he cashed out in April and is like, "Thank you guys, <laughs> appreciate it." Yeah. it it's likely that this is going to be a pretty lively meeting. That there's going to be a lot of decisions, and you sh- will likely see some good negotiation between commissioners. Because I, I'm definitely going to be um, very. It, there's a few things that I'm going to come out of very strongly against. And I won't for, vote for anything that says, you know, somebody shall have a financial interest in no more than two. Yeah. I, I just think that's really, really dumb. Yeah. I don't think that has any benefit, and I think that has a lot of downside. Um, other things I'm not as strongly tied to, it's, but... It's kind of... It's a it's a very... I'm trying to think of other situations, I see the same thing. Like the, the, the Senate Bill 9 <coughs> has some of that same language in it. Like the only people, it's it's essentially a way to build wealth for kind of the mom and pop, everyday yeah. person. Like it's not an investor play. Yeah. Because like in order to do the the 
the the house and then the ADU and yeah. then the split lot it and yeah. add two more ADUs. And so in order to take a single family and turn it into four, mm-hmm. you have to sign an affidavit, David, that says you'll live in one of the units for three years. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with like a junior ADU. Like you can do one ADU and not live on the property, but if you add a junior ADU, so you actually essentially turn it into a triplex, mm-hmm. which is legal, you also have to sign an affidavit. So it just limits the the type of person that can do it. And, and so it's yeah. kind of this focus on like putting like, okay, here's a wealth je- wealth building tool yep. and we just want to make it exclusively for the mom and pops. The negative part of that is like the real people who are going to do that or actually make it happen or actually going to add density if that's what, this, if yeah. that's what they want are, entre- are entrepreneurs. It's investors who are going to do it. Yeah, And there's, there's so much, <clears throat> there's so, you, you actually... I was going to say there's so much institutional knowledge that's lost, but the reality is it's, it's, you know, almost the opposite. There is so much institutional knowledge that is never gained because you can never have a professional. Yeah. You know, a, it's always somebody, a side thing. somebody who does this for a full-time job, somebody who builds a company around it, somebody who is, is going to actually like be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You know, you, that, that person gets disqualified because after they do one or two or three, now they're an investor. Yeah. You're done. You, you can't live in three houses at the same time. Yeah. You know, you, you can only do it one time. And I, I yeah, I, I for one am against just seeing those types of things go in. I appreciate the the democratization of building wealth. But, um, but I also think if we're actually trying to drive results, we're not going to get, we're not going to achieve those results. Um, including increased housing stock, you know, better experience for our customers, you know, as in our, our neighbors, our neighborhoods and our visitors. I think, I think we, we've done a lot in this kind of thing to discourage the best experience versus encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if the goal is to limit, if the goal is like, well, we don't want somebody coming in here and starting 20 of them. Well then it's like, well then just limit the stock more. If you think 400 is too much, yeah. then make it 300. Well, create, yeah, create a you know, yeah, create a well in 10, 10 is a different number than two. Like 10, you can build a great business out of 10. Yeah. It depends on your entry point. And you know, like, like a professional, can build a business based on 10 short-term rentals. But a professional can't build a business, like an actual business and sustain and have customer service and employees and and so much institutional knowledge that's never gained based on two. You gotta do it a few more times. And you've learned this, Christian. You know, you had your your local your local houses, Airbnbs, but I would say you really became a professional when you were running a small motel. And you know, that's when you have to standardize things to a level that um, that's ultimately giving the best experience likely to all because that in turn turns into, you know, the best ratings and reviews for you, the highest financial ROI, the, the best competitive advantage. Um, I became a much better operator when I hired somebody to operate for me. When I stopped well, and you can't do that too. Uh, yeah. You could not. I, I you couldn't can't do, do that, that too. until about five. Economy is a skill. 
Like yeah. It says it'll, it'll, it'll implode if you try yeah. to push it harder. Now, on paper, it looks like you'll make more, but quality of life and operational <laughs> is just... So, so, down, so the, the point of having a cap for somebody owning short-term rentals, sure, that's fine. That's fine. Let's say 10. Let's say 20. If we're, if we're nervous about somebody coming in, gobbling them all up, let's add a cap. Mm-hmm. But let's give, let's give the people that are best in the community the, the opportunity to build a great business and not just have you know, this, to me, too, sounds like only side gigs. Yeah, and, and to make to, to kind of emphasize your point a bit more, like with my own personal example, like when I had fewer units, everything was tighter, cash flow wise. And so my like my overall quality and I don't think the effect on the city has changed, like effect on neighbors has changed so much, but my overall business has gotten way better. Mm-hmm. Like my products better, like I invest a lot more in my properties now, even with like landscaping, which does affect a neighborhood. Yep. Oh, totally. You know, more like more touches to like vibing, vibing things up. Yeah. You know, the interiors are more dialed out. Like my community, I, you know, I have a full-time guest communications gal. I have a full-time cleaner <coughs> manager. So yeah. I've got people that are doing things. We're doing house checks all the time. Like we're making sure the garbage is out. Like everything's tight. Like if you have you, more scale, you have enough you, volume in your business to get the handyman you want to actually show up to, to have their attention, the plumbers, the electricians, to, to actually yeah. build the repertoire of those people who can get in and solve issues quickly versus somebody who's going to let that issue linger. And whether that's an issue that just affects a guest or an issue that affects the neighbors, you know, want somebody suffering if. They don't have the sway that you have on those those tradesmen. Yeah, and, and so so I will kind of push back on on the the Shasta County component that you have to be in a, a, a local on that point. Like you and I are both local real estate investors. No doubt, we invest in our local. <coughs> so we have our own reasons for doing that. Mainly, we think we have a competitive advantage <coughs> in our own markets, being the biggest one. You know, we live here, we know the towns, we know the streets, we see these buildings day in and day out. We know the markets, we know kind of the trends of what's happening. And and I don't just do Reading, I do, you know, the cities around us too, where you're like in a specific area, you know, like you know that place inside and out. Downtown. Yeah, Yeah. downtown Reading. plus is your portfolio that you are on your Oh, I know. If I'm curious about anything going on downtown, I just text Luke. And I'm like, hey, what's going on with this building right now? There's like 20 blocks, and I I do know the owners of most buildings. Yeah, and so, like, there's a huge advantage there that, you know, we have, but we're also, like, so plugged into those tradesmen. You know, we're here. Like, we see our buildings day in and day out. And, like, even my investments in Mount Shasta, we've had to, like, emphasize more like just the reality is like we have you know we have cleaners up there and we have kind of um you know like like lead cleaners that end up kind of doing like maintenance and like house checks and stuff like that but even with that yeah um the reality is like i have to get my main operations gal up there regularly yeah to see it because stuff slips Stuff just slips. And unless you're seeing these buildings regularly, yeah. you're not going to see it. And even then me, I'm like, I need to see these things once a month, honestly. Because even stuff slips past her. And like there's certain expectations that I have. I'm like, maybe I didn't get them all communicated you know, yeah. all the way there. Yeah. 
And so, like, there's just a reality to that. And, and we know tons of people, you know, invest remotely and do it and, and, and are able to do it. And, but short-term rentals are so intensive. There's so much, like, that goes into it. There's so much in the turn. There's so much in the maintenance. It's a lot different than a long-term ownership that I, I, I have a little bit more grace for that point because it's such an uh, um, intensive management business yeah. and it does affect these neighbors around them that yeah. I'm like, maybe there is something to that. Being a little bit more of a local owner. Well, I, I think being more conscientious of the impact that your investment is making to the surroundings, I don't think would hurt at all. I mean, as, as an as a operator of short-term rentals, Yes, making sure you can get a great entry price and do the forced, uh, the forced appreciation that you want to do. But how do we create more awareness or conscientiousness of the effect that your business is having in the uh, uh, you know, a 300 circumference square feet of your property? I don't think it would hurt as an operator to get that intel and have those, and have those neighbors report to you. Versus go to the city to get complaints like ha like building into your business or our businesses a complaint a complaints avenue that can be addressed by us before we get anyone else involved. I think that's why I think there's wisdom there. I don't know how far you go with it. I mean, it's ideal if they do, but yeah. like I have a couple neighbors that will call me, but then I've also had a neighbor you know call the fire department on me. Yeah. You know, because a guest had a fire out there and, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure, you know, supposedly wasn't maintaining. So, I mean, I ultimately was like, okay, it ain't even worth it. I'm going to just get rid of the fire yeah. pit, you know, yeah. like they won, they won that battle, well, you know, by calling the city <laughs> on me. You took, yeah, you took care of it. So we're, uh, we're over an hour. So I, uh, Luke, uh, I want to, I want, you've been one gracious enough to grace the pod with your presence. So thank you. It's pretty awesome. Thank you for yeah, your, yeah. Your, your, in, your insight great, great pod. into the uh, in the planning commission. I mean, our, our tagline is, you know, five-star business practices for short-term rental operators. That's kind of the mm. tagline of, of booking confirm. And you've been a short-term rental operator, but we really, we, we think our audience is 20-somethings, 30-somethings that are looking to either get into the investment game or buy their first property and figure out how to maximize it. Any uh, any anything you want, any thoughts you want to share with the young investor um, looking to get into either property management or into uh, into real estate investing? I mean, I, yeah. If you're in California, I think that the stuff that I think that the stuff that Christian and Dennis are talking about, as far as the the ADUs, junior ADUs, and lot splits, are actually like phenomenally cutting edge you know there's there's i i guarantee in most cities you're not going to hear they're not going to talk about it because they don't actually want you to do it mm -hmm. um but if you can figure it out you can actually drive a tremendous amount of value <clears throat> for you and your family which i think is the go is the goal there so um i think also something i've done i've seen christian do really well is find a niche own the niche, you know, and, and really go deep. So if you can find, if you can find something in that, that really works for you, whether you just, you know, buy houses, add an ADU and flip them, whether you, you know, try to do the lot, own the lot split thing, figure that out, or, or whether you hit short-term rentals, you know, find your niche, 
own it, you know, get it, mine all the value out of it because, um, cause that's where, as, as Christian said, you know, when he got to his fourth or fifth rental, that's when he actually had the scale to, to build a good business. <clears throat> and, um, and that's, that's where you can start driving tremendous amounts of, of wealth. So nice. Cool. Christian, any thoughts? No, it was fun. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Luke. You know, thanks for jumping in with us and talking politics. Talking local local STR game. Local government and who you vote for matters. Who you vote on your city council matters. I mean, we'll see what that looks like now. Yeah, We'll see what it looks like matters, right? So, you know, I don't know if every city has a 20-year general plan, but I didn't know we had a general plan. I mean, I, I don't know if it's light reading, but I mean, just to be aware <laughs> that you have a general plan in your city, go ask for it, right? I think, that, I think that'd be an interesting thing to go, Probably go online, and ask right? for. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So get, <laughs> get to know your surroundings. It goes into a lot of qualification of what is a great investment, what's a good investment, what's a great investment based off the market and timing. Um, so with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, until next time. Um, Nothing we say here is financial advice, legal advice, or real estate investing advice. This podcast is purely for fun. Please don't make any investment decisions or really, you know, yeah, any investments on anything we say or write. Um, But thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, see you next episode. Hey, Dennis, Dennis will post the City of Reading general plan in the show notes. He's gonna don't, he's don't gonna know. post the city of Reading general plan in the show a, notes. I a, just texted it to that, you. That that is okay. All right. Well, if you no, did the work, if you did the work, then I'll do it. <laughs> See you guys. It's already there. All right.